Friends, I want to speak to us this morning about the beautiful, unstoppable church. That's the, the message title. Um, I've been spending time in Ephesians lately, and I've just fell so deeply in love with the church again, just realizing what the church carries and how beautiful it is. And so, um, yeah, the beautiful, unstoppable church. And so I want to just take us on a bit of a journey as to where we've come from over the last while um, as a church. Last, uh, going back maybe a year or so, but more than that even. Uh, words being brought even from the beginning of um, the church when we, we first launched. Just what the Lord's been doing. You know, we've been speaking about revival. Uh, you can feel what the Lord is doing at the moment. There's, there's, this, there's this surge. So we've been speaking and we've been praying into revival. Um, this new move of God that he's doing, um, he's on the move and he's doing something huge. And we can sense it. And it was, you know, even the reboot after COVID and like what was happening, this cocooning process and then coming out. And there's this building sense. There's this huge move uh, of God on, th that's, on the, that's happening around the planet at the moment, you know. And I think you can sense it. You can, after a morning like this, just a time in worship, you can, you can pick up on it. You can sense it, right? It's almost like... But there's, 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 there's a substance of it, and then there's still some more to come. It's like there's this build-up happening. There's this build-up. Um, I think I shared at home church last week. It's almost like when you go in the mid-August and you go out walking in the neighborhoods here and you start to smell the jasmine. You know, that it, it just like hits you, and it's just such stark contrast to the barren winter. That's that jasmine smell, and it hits you in the nostrils, and you're like, oh, spring's coming. You've got a sense of it, right? It's just this, this beautiful thing. We can sense that there's something new that's happening. And I think Jacques read this uh, two weeks ago, but I wanted to read it again. It's from Song of Songs. It says, Can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers, there is change in the air. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run away with me to the higher place, for now is the time to come away with me. And so, friends, there's been this, this sense of this build-up in the clouds. It's like these clouds are getting thicker and thicker. We actually had a word over the church from Rob Forbes, if you'd remember it, um, about four years ago, of just like there's this build-up around the globe of this, this cloud that's getting heavier and heavier, and it's about to break, and it's going to burst. And um, so I've had those two, there's, there's two pictures that I've just had come to my mind over the last while. One is that of these clouds getting thick and heavy and building up with, um, with moisture. They're going to break. And the other one is um, <clears throat> from this last week during prayer meeting. It's almost like this, this hill, if you can imagine it. Um, the sort of curve, it's like getting to the top. It's, we, we've been pushing, there's been a journey up this hill. It's been up the hill. There's almost like you've been pushing the, like a rock or a, a ball, a big a boulder or something up, 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 and it's this build up, and there's been challenge, and there's been difficulty, and people, there's been impossibility, and people need breakthrough, but there's, we've been encouraged along the way. But, and then at the top of this hill, um, 
it smooths off and it, it starts to flatten and then it starts to go down and it starts to roll. And um, so I've just got this picture that that's where we are at the moment, at the top of that hill. Um, it's, we've gotten to that point along the journey. And um, <clears throat> how have we gotten there? I just wanted to go back a, maybe a year. I think more than that even though. We've gotten there, I think, because we've said, Jesus, we want your presence. More than programs, more than um, performance, all of these things, we want your presence. And you as a, as a church have cried out for his presence. We all have, um, and you can feel it. And we've said, Jesus, we prioritize you being here, not filling a meeting, not a club, but we want your presence. We want to acknowledge you. And friends, it's been so tangible this morning, hasn't it? It's been so beautiful. And and it's like, I feel like in response to that cry, outcry and that continuous outcry, the Lord has been wooing us. So from the, can I say, from the bottom of this, this, uh, this hill or this mountain, the Lord has been wooing us. And he's been wooing us with his presence. Like this morning, it's just this beautiful place where we just like, oh, we want more. We get drawn up. It's almost like we, we've been pulled up this hill, right? Um, we want more. And the other thing I think he's really been wooing us with is his leading, the way the Holy Spirit has been coordinating and leading in our meetings and our gatherings like, like this. I mean, if um, Ella was just saying this last Wednesday, she said, you know, the way prayer meetings have changed from when she joined to where they are now, it's like night and day. There's just something that's, that's changed. And even our home group um, or home church gatherings, um, <clears throat> when we get together, you know, sometimes you get together and you've got some ideas of where you want things to go and then the Holy Spirit leads and he coordinates and then he gives a word and then a, a song and, and it's this beautiful participation of the bride working together and contributing and it's just like, oh my goodness, Holy Spirit, you are, you walk away like dumbstruck, like how did you coordinate what just went down in, in church and it's never the same. That's what I'm saying. He's wooing us through these things and um, so I really believe it started there. And then if I take you back, I just want to mention a couple of the, the sermons that we've been, and the messages that have been preached, starting about October last year. I could have gone back before that, but there was a big urge. Kirsty spoke about coming out of hiding, right? So it was like after this time of just being like almost head in the ground, locked away, there's no, there's an invitation, come. It's time to come out of hiding, and then uh, we had Isaiah 61 at the beginning of the year, our mandates, this mandate for the year. Jacques spoke about earthquake. Do you remember just about these tectonic plates that are about to shift? And when that does, there's break. So I'm just showing you the, the, almost like the buildup. We spoke about life in technicolor, preparing to possess. It's like we're coming up, preparing, and then at the top, we're going to possess. Um, do you remember the message, the bees are back? If you, missed, if you missed any of these, they're all on our, our podcast and our website. Uh, the bees are back. There is spring in the air. It's coming. It's coming. And um, one of the more late, recent messages, forward motion. There's this time of we we're actually going to start moving forward. And then last week, and I think there's, so it's, there's been this collective contribution to this buildup of what the Lord is doing. And uh, last week at home church, Gina had a, uh, shared a word uh, that she's been feeling for months now of just 
that it's been brewing inside of her. And then she shared it with us at, um, at the home church gathering. And um, it was very much along these lines. And she shared uh, two pictures. I'm going to go into one of them just for now. But basically in these impossible situations against all odds, um, there's breakthrough. She shared these two stories from, um, yeah, I'll go into one of them now. But impossibility. The Lord speaks, and Elijah, the other one is the man of God, they, they take it to heart, they absorb it, they say, the Lord has said, therefore it will happen, but there's impossibility, and then there's breakthrough. And um, yeah, let me, let me read, um, it's the story of Elijah and, um, and Ahab, and Friends, it's blue skies. There is no chance of rain. There's severe famine. And um, Elijah says to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the rushing rain. Now, there's, there's blue skies. There's no rushing rain. That's just the confidence of somebody that has heard the Lord that says, Prepare. It's coming. And so Ahab went to eat and drink. And Elijah went to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. And then he said to his servant, you go, go up now, look towards the sea. And so he went up and he looked and he said, there's nothing. But Elijah said to him again, go again. Seven times he goes back to look because he's like, no, no, go look, go look. The Lord has spoken. And at the seventh time he said, Behold, a little cloud the size of a man's hand is rising from the sea. Just this little sign of a little puff of cloud. And then Elijah says, he's like, there it is. It's like, I just need, like, give me, just give me the slightest clue that what God said is going to happen is going to happen. He's like, there it is. It's on the horizon there. And with boldness, he then says, he says, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot uh, and go down, lest the rain stop you. He's so confident. He's like, it's done deal. And friends, and then it happens, obviously. A little while, in a little while, the heavens grew black with the clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. Friends, there's the speaking of what God's going to do as we get to the top of them at the top of this hill and it takes our response I, I believe in this time is to be those men and women of god that says ah he's spoken these things this is where we at we we've got the clues friends there's huge opposition i mean what's happening in our in our country in the world um, collectively individually there's huge pushback and opposition, and it's like, you might be saying, well, what do you mean God's on the move? Like, I feel in a, a, a tough, stuck place, but he has spoken things, and we're seeing the, the we've, we, we've smelling the jasmine in the air, so to speak, and it's like, ah, we're seeing the cloud, and it's like, there it is, there's the sign, it is now unstoppable, it's going to rain, you better get ready, because it's about to rain, and and that was a lot of the, the, the word about Gina brought. It's like, it's now, it's done. It's unstoppable. God is now going to break through. And, you know, for me, 
I felt like for me, there's a sign that it was unstoppable what he's doing on the move. For me, that, that first little cloud was when about six weeks ago when we were here and we ended the meeting and then we said, let's just carry on. You know, someone was like, oh, no, we can't go. It's too good. Let's, let's carry on worshiping. And then you guys worshiped for another 45 minutes. You know, that's not something that you coordinate. It's the sign of Jesus is on the move. He's wooed our hearts into these places where, ah, oh, this is where we are. And so, friends, this is where we are now, at the crest of that hill. And it's, down, it's downhill from here. It's downhill motion. And... Um, so Jesus is doing something huge at the moment. What he's doing, I don't know exactly. All I know is that it's really good, and it's going to be uh, for us personally and collectively. He's doing things, massive breakthrough in individuals' lives, and then as the church and collectively that he's going to do um, really breakthrough. And friends, when he's going to do something great, who's going to do it? Who's he going to do it through? It's you and me. It's going to be done. He doesn't do it in, in our absence. He's chosen to work through us to display his, in his wisdom. He's chosen to display his glory through you and me. And I believe that we're at a point now for us to, can I say, get on that ball and go with his forward motion. We need to know what we carry. And I think that's one of my a big point of my message, like you have to understand, you have to know what you carry inside of yourself if you're going to be able to be part of that, um, that momentum going forward. And I believe it's know what we carry personally and then know what we carry collectively um, as we, as we um, move forward. That we need to see how glorious you are and we need to see how glorious that the church is. You know, Jacques had a, a picture um, that he shared uh, two weeks ago when he was uh, preaching here about this hot air balloon, you know, and I don't know if those of you that were there, I think a lot of people were away, so get the, go listen to the message. He had this picture of this hot air balloon, this multicolored hot air balloon that was laid out on the floor, and <clears throat> they, almost like lifeless, like uninflated, you know, and, um, and then the breath of God coming and filling that balloon, the fire of God coming and filling that balloon, and just like it expanding and inflating and then rising up. Um, just this, this picture of just like the, the a person, how beautiful that you've been made, Pitt, and not this flat on the floor waiting for, you know, lifeless, but just this beautiful um, hot air balloon. And so just this, this dynamic, how beautiful we are, has just been coming up. Over and over, Kirsty had a word on Wednesday um, about this multicolored uh, rainbow um, sort of appearing over Johannesburg, and it was just represented the favor that sits on you, the sons and daughters of God in Johannesburg, this favor that sits on you. It's, it's like it's yours. You are highly, highly favored. And friends, how you see yourself is going to directly impact whether you're going to lay deflated and lie on the floor or you're going to see yourself rise up um, and start to soar. And so I just wanted to say, I just wanted to read, I've spent a lot of time in Ephesians lately, as I said. I just wanted to read some things about who you are, how the Father sees you personally, and then I want to look collectively as for the church as well. And so I just want to summarize the very beginning 
uh, the first sort of half of, of Ephesians uh, 1. And I'm just going to do my summary just to, for, for time. Friends, Paul's telling us that you have been filled with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place. Every spiritual that is in the heavenlies has filled you, that you've been made holy and blameless, that grace has been lavished upon you, that you've been forgiven and that you've been redeemed, um, that Christ has come and united all things in heaven and earth, has been united in Christ, and you're part of that. He has united you in him, and that we have been given an incredible, incredible inheritance And that inheritance has been sealed with the Holy Spirit that we've been given. And so, friends, if you're feeling deflated this morning, if you feel like you're that deflated balloon and you've got just, I've just got nothing, I want to say that you don't see what he sees. And it's time for us to open our eyes if we're going to be on that next huge move of what he's doing. Friends, you were deflated, and this is the beauty of seeing where we've come from to where we are as, as children of God, that uh, we were those like these lifeless balloons. We weren't this colorful balloon that's lying on the floor, because from his perspective, if you've responded to Jesus, he's got the bird's eye view. He's looking down at that balloon that's laid out over the floor, and he sees the potential, the beauty, and the glory that is in you, and he just wants to come and breathe his life into you this morning and inflate you and let you soar and rise to your, your rightful place. But friends, we were like those balloons, but they had no color even. They were deflated. They were dead. They were on the floor. We read it in Ephesians 2. It says that we were children of wrath and then love and mercy burst in and he made us alive and he raised us up and he seated us in the heavenly realms with Jesus Verse 4 from Ephesians 2, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, just lying there, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's like his life came into us and took this lifeless dead balloon, filled us with his breath, his fire, And we raised up, and now we're seated with Jesus in the heavenly places. Before that, we were separated. We were alienated, it says. We had no hope. We were not partakers of any promises of God. We had no inheritance. But then Jesus says, But now in Jesus Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And friends, we don't always feel like that, and I don't think we always walk in that. And that's why Paul uh, prays in Ephesians 1. He says, pray that, like from his heart, he's like, pray that your eyes of your heart would be illuminated, that there would be illumination to see what is rightfully ours. And that's what we need to do. I want to encourage us to see what is in you. This unbelievable hope, this riches, this inheritance, and the power that we've been given access to. And he prays for us and he says, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. 
and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power. Immeasurable. Just stop there for a moment and think. The power of God that cannot be measured, has, we've got access to. That's what is inside of us. Um, Paul carries on to say, and he's talking about this power, according to the working of his great might. This, what kind of power was it? The power that worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, uh, yeah, from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. That same power that did that miraculous, just change history forever, is alive inside of us. We're seated with him. We've been lifted up to this high, high place in the heavens, right hand of God. Just let that sink in for a moment. Let that absorb that. If you've heard these scriptures before, hear them afresh. Let it absorb into your soul. That heavenly place, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And so, friends, this morning is an, is an encouragement, the same way Paul prayed for the Ephesians, to open up our hearts that we would see what we carry, both personally, as I said, and then collectively as the beautiful church. You know, he, the church, he goes on. I just read it in that last, that last um, paragraph that I let, uh, read there. I want to read it again. It says, And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Can you stop and contemplate that for a moment? I've said this before fairly recently, but the fact that the, the church that hasn't always represented the fullness of God. The church is the fullness of God. Do you see what an amazing invitation is there? If we could have the eyes of our hearts illuminated to that space where we see that actually, oh my goodness, this move of God is going to be done through his church because the church is his body and that is the fullness of him. We're not these weak, insipid um, blaring sheep that, you know, are just going on. We are his body that is going to carry out his work on this planet. He goes on in Ephesians 3, he's talking about the mystery of the salvation. It's a complete mystery that he would choose to work through us. And then he says, <clears throat> so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Friends, can you imagine that? The manifold wisdom of God is going to be displayed through the church, which is you and me. We make up his body. You know, he is the head and we are the body. To the rulers and authorities forever and ever, he's demonstrating his wisdom through you and through me. It's almost a real thing like, wow, if you're still stuck in works and performance, you'd probably be thinking now, sure, I really need to pick up my game, right? But you can't pick up your game. And that's what I want you to see this morning because with so many people trying to pick up their game, we're keeping stuck in a, a, a cycle of uh, self-awareness, self-righteousness, and 
it's dead and it's powerless. And that's why you might be feeling a little bit powerless and deflated on the floor. But there's good news. It says the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The body can only grow into a place of health and glory and beauty. It's Jesus' body. He's the head. You are being formed into this glorious body around him. You're being built up in love. But you know what it says there? And this is in the context when it's talking about the fivefold that equipped the saints for ministry. And it's always often just stood there. But it says here that every joint with which it is equipped, only when each part is working properly can this happen. Only when each and every single one of us here takes up this mantle and says, oh my goodness, this gift I have been given, and you just saw, and you're in this heavenly place. Only when we are working together, every single joint and ligament working together, can it, uh, will his glory be fully displayed. And that's what I'm loving about, this has not been a front-led uh, movement. It's a participation of all his sons and daughters coming together. And friends, I wanted to, now you can say that, but, and then we go back to feeling like empty and powerless and just like I don't have much. And so I'm just wanting to give you a bit of an illustration that came to me on, on Wednesday at the prayer meeting. And it was Um, it was just like, I just had this picture. It's like almost like of an empty lantern. Like I said, if you are asked to, okay, like pick up your game now. Just come on, shine your light into the world because that's what the Bible says you must do. Shine your light. You need to display his glory. And you this just this empty lantern. You got, feel like I've got nothing in there. This is you. Jesus, where are you? Won't you come from afar and just, you know, Give me something. I'm empty. I'm, I'm worthless. I've got nothing. Um, friends, like I said, that's where you were. But it's not you anymore. And we need to start to see this picture of that. Actually, Jesus, it says, was the light of the world. And that light came in, and it has illuminated us. And so, don't you want to give me a hand here, Kirsty? You can do it from that side. I just wanted to give you this, this picture of it's something that's outside of you. It's the life of Jesus. Oh, you can leave it on. It's fine. It's, it's bright enough, eh? I should have a big roaring one, but <laughs> um, it's something that came from outside of you into your dead, lifeless body. His life, the light of the world came in and is birthed inside of you. And you know what, friends, that light can never go out. Even if it goes down and you think, you know, maybe you're feeling like this at the moment, um, you know, kind of just a little tiny little spark. This morning, I believe the Father wants to remind you of the life that is inside of you and come and breathe His life, His life. This is not something because you've been a good girl or a good boy that is going to come in. It's no, it's like actually, while you were still dead and worthless and of 
this, this, this corpse, he came and he gave you his light. And he put it inside of you. And so, friends, that's why there's nothing to boast in. To say, oh, the church is glorious. I'm glorious. There's no boasting in that because you know who you were and where you came from. And there's now something alive and a light inside of you. And that light will not go out. 2 Corinthians 4 says, For God who said, let the light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Friends, the very next verse says, this is why we don't get to boast. But when we have this treasure in jars of clay, we know where we've come from. We know how without God we've got nothing. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. That's what I'm saying. We can't pick up our game. You can't say, okay, Lord, okay, what are we going to do now to take this move of God forward? No, you need to relent. You need to let go and you need to allow the life of God to come in and woo you and pull you into that space. It's not something that you are going to be by having a few more quiet times and trying to you know, think I must be more this or I should be more this and I need to change this. And No, we need to be completely um, overwhelmed by this revelation that there's a life inside of us that says we have now got a flame in us. We've also got rivers of living water that comes from our innermost being. It's from inside out. We are now the temples of the Holy Spirit. We have been made His dwelling place on earth. Friends, I want you to just carry this picture in your hearts when you're feeling like there's nothing inside of you. And, you know, um, yeah. I want to read to you what our inheritance is. We've been chosen. This is now us. We were Gentiles. You know, okay, it's, a, it's different as well because in the New Covenant, the, the Jews had, the, um, had access to the full favor and promises of God. Um, up until the cross. From the cross, there was a new covenant instituted where we were made into one man, Jews, Gentiles, united in Christ, uh, favored. This is now our inheritance where we get to live because of what he's done for us. Um, Isaiah 60 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and a thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Friends, that's your inheritance as the glorious favored, like that rainbow over Joburg, Kirsty said. Your favor, the favor that is upon you, kings will be drawn to your light. This is not a Christianity that's meant to be lived out on a Sunday in a worship gathering like this. This is you going out and kings coming to you for your wisdom, for the light that is upon you that the darkness so desperately, desperately needs. You are very, very powerful, every single one of you, no matter how small a ligament you think you might be. I was thinking about it this morning. I was thinking, which part of my body is more important than the other? different way of thinking about it. Instead of this hierarchy of what happens inside the church, it's organic. What is in a, which, which part of the body is a prophet or an apostle? You know what I mean? 
I love the way he uses the language of a body because it, it, it destroys hierarchy because actually it's only when every ligament and joint starts working together do we really um, uh, work together. And uh, uh, yeah. So friends, where we are at the moment, the ball is rolling and it's unstoppable. And it's unstoppable, why? Because he started it, not because we started it. He always accomplishes every single thing that he plans, and he's on the move, and we're being invited to come along. Isaiah 55 says, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, it doesn't go back up, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth and shall not return to me empty." But it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. And so, friends, this morning there is a beautiful invitation from the Father to us, the church, to every joint and ligament to give a resounding yes to this move that he's, that he's doing. I was speaking with Jacques just before everyone arrived this morning, and he was just talking about the prophecies of what the Lord is going to do. You know, uh, Azusa Street, what was that, 1909? 1909. He was saying there's so many prophecies at that time that uh, roughly 100 years later from that, there was going to be an outpouring of the Spirit that is bigger than Azusa that would make Azusa pale in comparison and even Pentecost pale in comparison to what happened there. And friends, that might sound like a dream, like you like, oh, you may be overinflating that a little bit. I want to say, firstly, you can't overinflate what the Lord has promised and planned for his people. If you read his words, it's not, it's not hopeful thinking. Um, what, it, what it does mean is that we're starting to see that cloud the size of a man's hand. And we're like, yes, it is unstoppable. And that's the kind of boldness um, and single-mindedness that needs to rise up. Because it happened in the man of God. When he also, when he, when he said, oh, the Lord's done this. Yes. And who are the men and women of God now? In the new covenant, every single one of us. There is no hierarchy. We all carry the exact same power. Different gifts, yes. Different functions, yes. Same God, same Holy Spirit, same power. And we're being in, in invited to, to go with him. And friends, I want to say that with a childlike passion and conviction, where it's like, oh, yes, we've seen the dream. He said, Dad, let's go. And going after that, this is nothing that needs to be hyped up or ramped up. Um, we were ch chatting about it last week at home church. It's just like a, actually a child's response. It's like, yes, you've said it, we're going to do it. And in that space, just laying down all performance and saying, Dad, take us on this. We've seen the dream. We're going after it. We know what we carry. And then, friends, from that place, just waking up every single day and saying, Jesus, just what he asked us to do. He said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these other things will, will, will happen. They'll come. Don't worry about all of those things. Don't have your heart set on your, um, the things that are going to bring you before kings in your marketplace, wherever you are. He will. 
and he will use you. It's not your focus. You're saying, Jesus, where's your kingdom? That's what we follow every day. We're like, where is your kingdom? As we do all of those wonderful things that he's commissioned us to do, they're not subgrade to doing things. On, okay, you bring a word here, now you, you're more spiritual than what you were when you were at work. No, no. The world is waiting for you to take up your, this flame and not be a little burning, little, you know, flickering wick, but to actually take on the full display of the Lord's glory because he says he will make his manifold wisdom be displayed through you and through me and then collectively as a church. And so, friends, whatever our <clears throat> dreams are and what we're asking him for, as I said, we can't inflate it. Um, we can't outdream him. So I want to say dream bigger because you know the scripture. It says, now to him... He was able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, more than you could ask or think or dream to him, according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Can we stand? So, Father, we just want to respond to you. We want to just pour out our thanks to you. Father, that you would come and choose us. Just these empty vessels. Before we were even born, you chose us. And you predestined us to be part of your kingdom, to be your sons and your daughters. And you gave us everything in the heavenly realm. You've clothed us with splendor. You've put your very son and your very presence inside of us. You've chosen to live inside of us. And Father, I pray that we would just lift our eyes off of ourselves. Can I say once and for all that that would click? Let that click, Jesus. That we are now not these empty vessels anymore, but we carry and house in your splendor and your glory. And so Father, I just pray this morning as... As your hearts, friends, let your hearts just reach out to Him. Just respond to that song we were singing earlier. Open up your heart and let me in. Open up your heart and let me in. Allow His presence to come and fill you now. Allow the breath of His wind to come and inflate that, if you had to remember that balloon uh, picture. Let His fire come and burn within you. That's where that fire comes. It's within the bottom of that balloon and it inflates that balloon. Allow His fire to come and lift you up. I want you even just to use your imaginations and just imagine yourself as that. Maybe it's completely deflated this morning. Maybe you're lying helpless on the floor. Or maybe you, you're feeling just like a little bit pup and it's a little bit a little bit deflated. Allow, imagine Jesus inside of you just breathing his life. The fire of God. Let it, imagine that in your mind's eye that you would see him filling you, filling you, filling you up. Imagine and feel the expansion of his glory that's at work within you. 
And I want you to imagine yourself rising up, even outside of this, this hall this morning. Imagine yourself rising up, up higher, higher, higher to the place where you are truly seated, which is next to the Father, the right hand of Jesus. That's your home. That's where we get to engage with the world from every single day, from heavenly perspective, heavenly wisdom, with this power that He's given us, all of these riches in the heavenly realm that have been lavished upon you. And friends, at the end of Ephesians, it talks about, you know what, our wrestle isn't against flesh and blood. It's not against each other or another person or even whoever's coming against the church. It's not about flesh and blood. It's the powers and principalities in the heavenly realms. And that's where you've been completely, completely clothed with His glory. And everything He has, you've got. And so you've got everything you need to succeed and to accomplish what He's called you to. Just spend a moment just allowing Him to fill you with that revelation.